0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Blood Red podcast. We may be two weeks away from the Champions League final, but there's still plenty to talk about in terms of the Reds. Uh, So today we'll be taking a look at that Man City chance on the plane. We'll be having a look at the transfer window, now that's open, uh, and plenty of the bits and bobs um, for the next half hour or so. Uh, So... We will start, well, of course, I've not told you who's here with me yet. We have Ian Doyle to my left. Doyle, how are we doing? I'm OK. Who are you, by the way? I'm Sean Bradbury. I'm uh, hosting. OK, yeah. thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That would help. You know he you I know who he is, but it... does everybody else know who he well, is? Well, they do know. They do know. Uh, across the way we have Connor Dunn. Connor, how how are we doing? I'm very well, thank you, Sean. How are you? Very well, very well. And to my right, we have the big man, Paul Gorse, Gorse the how <laughs> <hell of> are things. <laughs> Not bad, Sean, How yeah, are you? Uh, very well, very well. Um, especially <laughs> because the transfer window has well it, it it slams shut, doesn't it? How does it open? It's been flung open. It's crept I yeah, open yeah. I don't think yeah. anyone
1: knew it was opened at the end, yeah. so it's it's kind of just been Left the jar? It's
0: the <laughs> jar. Here it is. It's upon us. Uh, we'll just have a quick overview then of what we all feel the Reds need to do in terms of incomings. Doyle, we'll start with you. Hmm. Just in a, in a general sense, how much business do you think the Reds need to do and how much do you think they will do this summer?
2: How much they will do? Probably not loads. Certainly if anybody's expecting them to be spending £65 million on a player and £50 million and £40 million, which is what they did last year, to be fair, with, with Alisson, and Cater and, uh, and Fabinho. Don't think that's going to happen. Two reasons. One, it's, Liverpool have got to a stage now where they've reached a level where it's a lot more difficult to buy players that can improve the squad of the players that are already there. I mean, there are one or two holes, which we'll come to in a second, that need filling. But it makes it more difficult. And, of course, they're the kind of players that their rivals have got and the rivals are a lot less inclined to hand them over, unless they're asking silly money. And then you think, how many players can actually be bought by Liverpool that's going to go straight into the first team and improve it? There's not a lot around there. Uh, and the second thing is because I just think Klopp thinks he's, he's, he's got enough there at the moment. I think, just mentioned then about filling holes, you know, you look at Daniel Sturridge is going to go, Alberto Moreno is going to go, there'll be a few more. You imagine, we've mentioned this before, but Simon Mignolet could go. So you're looking at a backup, not a backup striker, but somebody who can compete across the for places across the front three. Uh, a reserve goalkeeper that could be tricky in itself. Uh, certainly a full-back, whether it's a left back or a right back. I don't know. Maybe somebody who could play in both positions. And then after that, it's I think it's going to be more of an opportunist uh, transfer window for Liverpool. I'm sure if somebody becomes available, that's of a standard that they they. Require and wants to come to the club, which is something else that is going to play a part because there'll be a lot of players looking at Anfield uh, and what's going on under Jurgen Klopp. And now Liverpool, have you know, 97 points, second only to Manchester City, and all of that, uh, getting to a second successive Champions League final. Plus, they play a kind of football that if you're a footballer, you want to go and play there because mm. you know, it looks like they're having a massive laugh, doesn't it? Even when they're training, it looks like it's good. It helps like that they're winning all these games, you know, they've barely lost a game this season, but. Why haven't they lost the game? Because they've got so many good players. And brings you back to the fact that that's probably why they won't make a lot of signs this summer, unless there is, as I said, that opportunity to bring in somebody that will improve things. And, you know, FSG could go to Jurgen Klopp and say, look, here's the money for it? Do you want to go and get him? Fair enough.
0: It is a tricky one, Conor, as Dougie said, getting, getting the requisite quality in for the Reds, but players who may have to settle for being rotated for spending a lot of time on the bench. Do you think, in a way, there is an argument that the Reds don't need to do much and they should have a quiet summer because Klopp's also got to tell this squad who've, who've hit incredible heights this season, like Dordie said, 97 points, still the prospect of a Champions League final. He's got to tell them to go again next season. And do you think it's a relatively young squad? It's a settled squad. Do you think they've they've pretty much got nearly everything in place to do that again?
3: Yeah, I think if you look at the starting eleven, you look at the first team, you look at those players that have played pretty much week in week out. Then there's not a lot of players in the world that were getting ahead of them, unless what Dolly said. You know, you're paying absolutely hundreds of millions of pounds to bring them in. Um, it's exactly right in terms of you know that quality of, of player and what Liverpool have got is in the midfield as we've seen he's been able to chop and change that all season and you know there's not really a massive necessity for someone to come in there and you've of course got the classic of oh it's going to be like a new sign-in when Alex Oxley-Chamberlain comes back but you know he's going to have a proper pre-season now and he's going to come into you know August in the games and he should be fully fit and and ready to play and that's only going to add a bit more competition in that creative midfield sense and you obviously got Joe Gomez coming back who didn't play hardly any time at all and and yeah I think the Reds are just in a really really good position and I think it really is just going to be a summer of you know filling in where they need to I think obviously a left back is going to be vital depending on what happens with Mignolet and as Dory said somewhere in the front three but obviously we'll come on to who we might like to see there later.
0: Gosty, um just for your kind of general overview of it obviously the, the margins this season between Liverpool and City were so fine mm. millimetres in fact if, you, if you're talking about whether balls did or didn't cross the line but do you think it's still fair to say the Reds are playing catch up with City despite you know the, the one point gap and Liverpool going further in the Champions League in terms of squad depth, would you say City still have the edge and, and therefore the the Reds not need a little bit of outlay to catch up?
1: Yeah, yeah, undoubtedly. I think you've only got to look at the the Brighton game and the, the goal that basically clinched them the title was scored by Riyad Mahrez, who was a 60000000 million and who, I think he only made 14 starts last season. Um, so you, Liverpool just don't have that luxury duty to bring on someone of that quality, um, particularly in the front line. Liverpool relied on David Harigi and, and he's, he's, he's come up to Trump's hasn't he at so many various stages in the season with so many important goals but I think Liverpool will need more in, in the front line um, maybe someone who's going to fancy himself to to challenge um, Sadio Mane and, and you know Mohamed Salah for, for getting in that Liverpool first team it's a difficult task there's very few players in the world who are good enough to do that but someone who's confident and going to back himself to to at least have a, a good try of it and maybe play a lot more than many might expect when, when they, they were first tracked. But then again, as Dougie says, that comes into players of certain quality and most of them are already at clubs where Liverpool wouldn't be able to to bring them in from. Um, so it's a difficult one this summer. Um, I think a fullback is is essential, I think, left side. Andy Robertson plays so many games and he's far and away the, the first choice, isn't he? But mm. he needs to rest now and again because he runs more than anyone else in the, the amount of games that Liverpool play and, well, they played close to sixty games this season. Um, Allison was brought in last summer. He's already played fifty games, um, so they will need a left back. Right back isn't as much as a pressing concern with Nathaniel Klein still being there, and obviously the return to, um, fitness to Joe Gomez. But they they will need to to fine tune and, and tweak. But it won't be a. Hundred and seventy million, like last summer, when only four players came through the door. There's, There's, a a sort of cool. There's a
2: comparison to be made with City last season because City obviously got hundred points last season and 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 got to the Champions League quarterfinals. Mm. Can't remember who they got beat by, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't spend tons of money last summer. They did only buy Maris. I think I'm right in saying he was the only big purchase it's that they made. Yeah. yeah, and he mm. was. It turns out, as as Ghosty said, he was the one who didn't play all the time, but he did score the goal that effectively clinched him the championship. Mm. He did score one or two goals along the way as well, but. They did have a few players who came back. I think it was was it Mendy came up for a little bit, then he got injured again. And they yeah. lost De Bruyne for, for most of the season. But they already had a squad that was able to, to to cope with that. And I think maybe Liverpool are at that stage now where they know that they don't have to make these huge signings because it could upset the players who are already there. And I think you Sean, you were trying to get at that is that what do you say to these players? You know, you've done so brilliantly. You, you know, give yourself another go. Not. Yeah, you're not good enough now, though. So how can how can anybody say they're not good enough? You know what I mean? I think it is, that, ju- yeah. it is just down to the strength of the squad and various positions because I'll tell you now, if Liverpool get 97 points again next season and don't win the league, then something is seriously <laughs> wrong and we need to look further into many things around Manchester City, is what I would say. <laughs> assuming, it's, assuming it's them that actually finishes above them.
3: Yeah, I was just going to touch on before you said that, to be fair. Like we all spoke about it a little bit when we were speaking just then um, about how Liverpool may not necessarily be able to sign these massive players from massive clubs because of money, because of the stature of clubs that they're at. And at the same time, by virtue of the fact that Liverpool are in their second successive Champions League final, they are finishing second with 97 points and the brand of football they play and the environment that Doyle touched upon there as well. The clubs will be looking at Liverpool's players and wishing they had the likes of Salah Mane, Firmino, wishing they had the likes of Van Dijk, of course, but they're not going to be going anywhere either because they're going to be costing too much money for anyone to come and bring in too. So, you know, Liverpool in such a strong position in, in European football, world football at the moment. Yeah, because all, all the money has made it that
2: there are going to be less movements between the top clubs, aren't there? Because yeah. they've all got, got so much money. So it's like high, yeah. the Real Madrid and Barcelona could be very much frustrated trying to get any players from English clubs because they'd have to pay, like they did with Coutinho, £142 million, and they, something they got that.
1: absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> that, Barcelona you know, exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. that Barcelona Exactly, course, yeah. Exactly. So, um, uh, sorry, Doily. Um, I read an interesting thing the other day about Barcelona, where apparently they pay their players <laughs> twice a year. Um, so when they come to pay them in July they're going to have to shell out close to like 300 million. Well, they only pay them to, imagine if that happened to us. That would be very, very, very
3: irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so, they, they pay that out in July um, and there's a suggestion that Barcelona don't don't have this kind of money that's just assumed when these, these types of players are available. Like Griezmann and the would cost them upwards of 160 million. Um, not sure, that it doesn't sound like they, they have to have that money according to what I read. I think it was Sam Wallace and the uh, the Telegraph.
0: Hmm. Um, sticking with Barcelona then, Doily, uh, you had an interesting chat with Liverpool legend Jamie Carragher today uh, and you were looking ahead to the summer and, and transfers and, and various topics, but one name from the club you just mentioned cropped up and Carragher would... Quite like to see him back in certain circumstances.
2: Yeah, he did crop up, and and I must admit, he cr- he kind of mentioned of himself. I didn't like. It's Philip Coutinho, uh, by the way. <laughs> 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 who, who else could it have been? To be fair, who else could it have been? Yeah, just true, just true. It could have been. Yeah, he did. Eye. He did. Thank you anyway, Connor. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, for clarity, that's why you're here to point out, to point these things out. Sense some direction. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, you he just basically said that if there's one player. He said. Liverpool shouldn't actively pursue this transfer, but if there's a chance and the price was right, they should look to bring back Coutinho. I think he, his argue, his argument was quite rightly that he's the kind of player that Liverpool still don't have in their squad. Liverpool tried to sign Fick here, the F-word, yes, last season, and that fell through for whatever reason. Um so obviously Klopp knew that it was a position that they need they were, you know, they were short of. And while Liverpool did get get through this season, as we said, with the the Champions League final. <laughs> that, they, 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 they carried on, but that was the type of player that was missing at times. Mm. And you know, I, th- I think while Carragher was Carragher was saying that look, Liverpool shouldn't pursue this, and that it had the price had to be right. He did explain it very well for all those reasons that we just said. And he said that all this whole thing about would he be welcome back, and he said, well, he should be. He says because you look at Suarez, Suarez would have been welcomed back by the fans. Uh, last the week against Barcelona, if he hadn't done what he'd done in the first leg, Storm in a teacup. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it will yeah, be. Absolutely. It will be. Yeah. Look at Torres as well. Torres ended up. He played in a, not a yeah, game, the not legends game, the charity game them yeah, the other year, yeah. didn't he? And he was welcome back, and he, I think he also mentioned that you know Alonso went to Real Madrid, uh, Mascarena went to Barcelona. It's, it's not as if these players have been forced to join these clubs. Mm. They chose to join them, and at the time, you you, you could you could accept it and you could understand it and I think you can understand that with Coutinho as well why he'd want to go to Barcelona because he played in Espanyol I know we've, we've gone over this time and time and time again but it looks as though he's not particularly not that unhappy I think the player himself he wants from what I've read something today he, he wants to stay there as he has no no inclination to wanting to go whether Barcelona agree with it or not I don't know for the reasons that Gorsi's just mentioned because it's obvious that it's not quite worked out on the pitch for him if Liverpool could take him back I think Carragher would be Delighted if that could happen, but only at the right price because Liverpool did get 142 million pounds for him. They've got Mm. that clause. What was it?
1: They can't sell him for less than any player who Barcelona would want to buy from Liverpool as an additional 100 million. That's right.
2: So I'm not sure how that affects if Liverpool want to sign a player from Barcelona who happens to be the player in question. I don't think there'll be a clause (laughs) there, but it's obvious that Barcelona haven't paid the full transfer fee because. Club, that's not how it works. They mm. don't. So I don't know what, what what percentages they've already paid or anything like that. So I mean, it's it's what price would be good for Liverpool to sign Coutinho? And also, does Jurgen Klopp actually want him back? That's the mm. other thing. Mm. I mean, I don't think there was. I think Klopp was asked before the first leg in Barcelona, the Champions League semi final. He said that he does miss, as he calls him Phil, as a person. <laughs> you know, and he misses having him around. And so I don't think there's any you know, th- th- there's any resentment there in, over what happened in terms of Jurgen Klopp. I think one or two of the fans would still probably be a little bit upset, but I'm sure they get over it. If you, but I mean, this is all just obviously hypothetical, mm. you know, because I don't think Liverpool will go in for him. But it's just interesting to hear what, what Carragher said, his reasoning for it. And I think he's probably right, but it would come down to any Liverpool interest, would come down to that, that fee, because mm. Barcelona would have to take a massive hit for, for Liverpool to be interested in a player that they only
3: sold 18 months ago. Mm. Yeah. I was just going to say, actually, on the point of... Um you saying whether Klopp would want him back or not. Obviously, Liverpool have worked, we speak about the environment and speak about what the club is like and the players playing for each other all the time because it, it looks great, it feels great, and all the players come up with the right messages and everything like that. But I think that's something that Liverpool have worked really, really hard on. It's not necessarily just going for the best out and out player available at any given time. It's a player with the right attitude and the right ethos who's going to fit in the mould and fit in with the team. And obviously, at a point, Coutinho did have that, and that is probably why Klopp does miss him as a player because it all just kind of fits in and gels with that environment. It's something that's going. Somebody's going to add something to the squad they've got, not take it away. Despite any footballing ability, it's it's a it's a condition they want to have as well, isn't it? So mm. he's an arm around the shoulder kind of player as well as Nicotino. Mm. I get
2: the impression that, he, that way, he, yeah. he liked it under under Rodgers, and he certainly loved it under Klopp. Because we've also that put him back into that central position for, yeah. towards the end yeah. of the 16-17 season, wasn't it? And that's where he ended up playing some of his best. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, before he left those three or four months, that oh, see, no, it was no, it was no, in no, 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 the, crazy. Was, was, goals, I mean, the game, games the game, I, I know we've mentioned this a Cap few times a few on few the times. pod. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. game at Brighton. For 20 minutes, where they won 5 1, for 20 minutes yeah. before half time, it was like even the Brighton fans were like, wow. Because just the way that he was playing. Best he
1: performance he was... ever seen at Brighton, wasn't it, Oli? Didn't you say that one? Did <laughs> I say that? Yeah. Uh, did, did he get a did, did really 10
2: or No, he would never get a 10 <laughs> off me, Yeah, no. Uh, no, he was very good, to be fair, in that game. But, you know, so what was the question? <laughs> Forgotten now. Just, anyway, It was to do with the arm arm around the shoulder. Yeah. He, and uh, In Barcelona, he just doesn't seem to get that because I don't no. think any of the players get that no. because they have that certain steely resolve to me. like Suarez never needs it, Messi never needs it, players like that. And you can see maybe some of the players who fail there. It isn't so much to do about being able to cope with the pressure of playing for Barcelona because you get criticised wherever you play, really. It's away from that and how the day-to-day, and you do get the impression that Coutinho hasn't quite doesn't
3: feel it in him. This is just guessing, obviously, so looking from saying, the outside in. go and raid Barcelona for Usman Dembele and Coutinho then, yeah? No, because if Dembele's <laughs> finishing is anything like it was at the end of that first
2: leg. Like, I mean, we've said this before as well. That was not great. But going, going back to, to Coutinho, yeah, he seems an arm-round-the-shoulder kind of person. Mm. Barcelona hasn't quite worked out for him. It could still work out for him, to be honest. He's got the talent, hasn't he? Let's be honest. Mm. Um, we've seen it, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we've seen it, yeah. yeah. And... But again, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's so many players leave Liverpool. Nobody was talking about bringing Mascareno back. Nobody was really talking about bringing Alonso back. And this was in a Liverpool team that wasn't doing particularly well. Mm. Suarez coming back. Nobody really, you know, really seriously said that. But with, with Coutinho... the players went on to be thrived. a success, Well Well, yeah. that's I Well, then, therefore, why wouldn't they bring him back? So now we we're thinking about bringing back a player who hasn't been a success somewhere else. And also there's that whole thing of how many players come back to a previous club and actually end up being a success there are some but most of them yeah well, there's one hmm. but most of them tend not to be certainly not in the long term
1: the, the thing that, that would excite me about Coutinho coming back would be when when he left Liverpool weren't the team that they are now they were the team very much looking to consolidate maybe another top four place and possibly a, a last 16 run to the Champions League and now they're what back to back finalists and a team who are head and shoulders above everyone else in England apart from Manchester City um, I think there was an over-reliance on him at times, and I think Klopp's mentioned that a few times himself. It was just struggling for ideas, give it to him and see what happens, whereas Liverpool have had 18 months of of figuring out how to break teams down without him. So I think he'd just be another string to the bow rather than being the, the the harp itself, if you like. Um, I, I'd like to see him back, personally.
0: Mm. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree with Gorsi. And obviously, as we've seen, that the Reds did try and make a move for, uh, for K. so maybe that that different option, that scheme of that number ten is still in Klopp's plans. But um, it is the start of the window, as we've said. So let's allow ourselves a little bit of fancy football. I'll just go around the room and Catino can be one of them. But can I have can I have two names who at this stage with all the all the rumours that have been swirling the rumour mill that you think could come in, do a job at Liverpool and, and improve this this squad. Start with you, Doyle.
2: Um, can just say that we need to give respect to Gosty's analogy there, which I thought was very good. About, yeah, I thought yeah, that was it was very good. Like yeah, I think uh, I,
1: that, I, yeah, I, I I might, might use that in a, written <laughs> written. <laughs> it's a
0: headline. Way to be born now, isn't it? Beautiful. And also,
2: that's that's bought me a bit of time thinking about this question. I actually, uh, I actually, <laughs> done. I can't think of any. It's yeah, Messi. Yeah, he'd be dead good Messi for them. Yeah, would, would but, be, but, would but do obviously a job. that's not going to happen. This is the thing. Going back to what I was saying before, who can come in and and do a a better job? Or mm. as good job as good as. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad you went to Doily first. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. Honestly, he's I mean, still not going to be I'm not. I'm still, I'm still messy and I'm, yeah, messy and you're looking at someone who can play across the front three. Someone, yeah. of, someone of that ilk. I mean, people have mentioned Timo Werner. I've not seen enough of him to to make that call. I don't know whether he plays on the left and the right, and not just down the middle. Uh, I tell you, if someone if Klopp was linked with in the past, and I actually remember seeing him in the World Cup last year, and I know he only came on as sub in quite a few games late on, and it always made me think, why on earth wasn't he starting? And that's that Brandt, Julian Brandt. I think he's. I think yeah, he's, he's I, think it, him, yeah I think he looks quite good. To be honest, I take Lero Sané from Manchester City if he's if he's not proven too clever there. He's definitely somebody who I'd think, yeah. He's not
1: getting ahead of Phil Foden, is he, at the moment? Mm. Well, it's
2: because uh, there's obviously something's happened there. I don't know what mm. it is, to be honest, but I, I really like him. I think he, Again, exactly. I think he'd be great. I think he'd be great under Klopp. You look at United, Martial, I think would be good. But it's whether he's can be you know trusted to he's got the talents if it's whether he can apply himself in that way but it's difficult to look at Manchester United and any of their players what exactly is going on there <laughs> it's hard to tell whether yeah. whether any of them are any good or not. I mean we know that a lot of them have got a lot of talents but can they apply themselves properly at the moment? No. So this is again you're looking at other teams like we've just spoken about taking a
3: Barcelona and taking a Manchester City player. <laughs> this is the le- this is the level that Liverpool are at now. You've obviously got Memphis Depay eh, as well. There's mm-hmm. apparently been scouts watching him at Lyon. Um, obviously, him and Ronaldo are good friends. So that would be kind of like a seamless link for a team bond. Obviously, didn't have a great spell at Man United, but when you're talking about, he, I think he got sold back to, well, got sold to Lyon for I think 15 million. So he's not going to be absolutely outrageously expensive, and he's definitely an attacking-minded player who can play across a couple of the positions of front free. Um, and again, it just depends if, if he can come in and he's that sort of player that would thrive on the Klopp. And he's obviously talented; he's scored goals. Got. Plenty of it in League One this year, so he'd be one. I, I you know, I can imagine. It cost a fair whack, though. and Also,
2: you'd be, de- you'd be dealing with the Leon chairman as think, well, wouldn't you? I'll oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: think the party would cost you above forty million.
2: But forty million is that's more than than we're led to believe, or, or that's the insinuation that, that for
3: the... and it's just not that massive. Yeah, level, I know. Isn't I, is I it?
2: know. It's whether he, whether the club really wants to go like that. Anyway, there is loads of time for, for ghosty chances. Yeah,
1: the ad actually. I'd go with Matthias Delight or Delit, um, and Wilfried Zaha. Zaha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zaha's a good chat. Actually, yeah, I, mean, I, I, don't yeah. Think Zaha, I don't think Zaha, I don't think Zaha would, would get into the Liverpool team, but I think what an option he'd be. So much, mm. so much skill, pace. Um,
3: he was so good against Liverpool this season.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was probably one of the best performers as an opposing player at Anfield this season, wasn't he? Um, I love him as a, as a player. I've seen him. Against um, was it? Who did he play the final game of the season? Just gone crazy game. Bournemouth. Bournemouth it was yeah. yeah. And <laughs> there was an assist where he someone tries to take him out at a, a knee high challenge, which he he rides that, and then someone tries to literally shove him over. And he stays on his feet and dribbles at thirty yards and just lays it on a plate. Great assist. And he just I get the feeling that there's just so much more to come from him. He was playing a, in a better team, and I'd love to see him at, at Anfield. And obviously, the lit, he's 19 year old one of the most in-demand centre-backs in world football and you know he'd, he'd be a mainstay for for 10 years plus wouldn't he if Liverpool could get him I'd yeah. like to change
2: my mind and say Zaha by the way Oh really? Yeah
0: Of course he's yeah. got, got you convinced yeah. Yeah, I com- He I
2: is a good about, show, yeah. He. Yeah. It's a yeah. very good shout and, and 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 he has come out and said that he wants to play for a Champions League team can't go to Manchester United so they're out also they're not in the Champions League what was well, well, be be Chelsea, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he won't go to Chelsea he might go to Arsenal I suppose if they get through mm. the Europa League final and win that is he going to City and having already played at United? I would not think Tot- so. Tottenham, I think it's Tottenham, isn't it? Tottenham's the one. He's, he's such a Tottenham y player, I think. I think. I think he'd be really good at Tottenham.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast. I'm surprised you haven't thrown air. A few pods ago, you were singing the praises of Rondon. Suppose you haven't heard him? <laughs> yeah, in, okay. That's a,
2: Rondon is a, as if they wanted a sense of forward. Who I think he's that really good that. They tried that with Solanke; it didn't quite work. I think Rondon's a better player than him. Yeah, but so, but it's 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 whether Rondon. You know, it, it's it. I I like him, but he wouldn't be playing in a Jurgen Klopp team. Let's put it that way.
1: It's no. a, it's a, it sounds sensible, but the minute Liverpool yeah. put him on, and, and they losing, it's like oh. And when's oh, he going to oh, play what, what, exactly? Rondon
2: when's he going to play? Him? Yeah. Mm.
0: Right. Well. Some good answers there. I'd love to see us raid Barcelona, United, and City. <laughs> what was, what I'm, was I'm yours, What was the yours? What be yours? Um, I, 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 liked, I liked what Gorski said about Zahar, but I don't know if I'm 100% sold. Um, I would love to see Liverpool go for Ryan Sessegnon. I would like to see the, the trend of going for a relegated player and improving them and finding more from them. continue. And, and like like one of you guys said before about cover for Rob, I think it was you, Gorsley, about how much football he's played. Mm. Um, I think Session could potentially cover for him and Mane down the left. Um, so he could, he could do a job for us. I'd love to see what Klopp could do with him. Um, and then it would be him. And then, like you said, uh, doily really, someone who can play across the front line. Um, let's go with Werner as well.
2: Yeah, Werner interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, that's my team. Uh, anyway, moving on from fancy football to something... Much more unsavory. Uh, I feel we we you know we do have to give this a mention. Those those Man City chants on the on the plane coming back from Brighton after they uh, clinched the league at the weekend. Obviously, I'm sure everyone who listens to this pod has, has seen the stories by now and, and indeed watched the video. Uh, they were singing a song. However, it's been kind of pitched than what's been said about it. It was directed at Liverpool to some degree and made reference to getting battered in the streets, being victims of it all. Company injuring Salah. Uh, Ghosty, we'll start with you on this one. In the last half hour or so, you've written the story about what Guardiola's <laughs> just said. He's yeah. he's apologised for it. He's he's sought to explain it. What do you make of what the City boss said first of all, and and what do you make of the whole episode?
1: Um, Tawdry episode, isn't it? I think um, something you might expect from supporters, and you wouldn't be brushing it off as you know as just fan talk. But those chances do can of happen, and. and Different fan bases, don't they? But to hear Mm. the players saying those kind of things, battered in the streets and victims of it all, it was really was distasteful in the extreme. Um, Scousers won F all, you know, that's fair game, seeing that all all they want. That doesn't bother me in the slightest because that's just part and parcel of the game. But certain connotations to to that word victims doesn't really sit right. And um, Mm. they were right to be be taken to task for it. It's not not just Liverpool fans who who were... Making a, a few moans about it. I seen a piece from David Connor, who's an excellent uh, journalist for the Guardian. I think he's a Man City fan himself, and he actually said that in the piece. But he was just making no excuses for it and calling it out for what it was. Um, just, I mean, it's strange, isn't it? Why, why were the, the players feeling the need to, mm. to to talk like that when there's been so much respect from from the outside from both teams throughout the whole of the season? Mm. Um, just a regrettable incident, and um, everyone involved. Should it should really have a think uh, about, you know, is this the right way to be, to be celebrating titles? Uh, Guardiola's apology was, was again it was a bit flimsy, wasn't it? It Was similar to the to the clubs. Mm. It, I think he said that he apologised if anyone thought that's what it was relating to, but it wasn't. But um, particularly the line battered in the streets, how that could not be construed as a as a um, pointing at the, in the direction of Sean Cox. To me, you know, I I can't see any other. Example of that, what that might be about. Mm. Um, so just distasteful and unsavory and um, disgusting, really, as Martin Cox said in, in his, uh, his quotes mm. earlier this
0: week. Absolutely, I think Gorsley makes a good point there, Connor, that it, it does seem a bit jarring after, after the way in which this title race has been conducted. Obviously, football of the highest quality and a lot of respect though between the two managers and, and therefore between the two clubs. And then and then now this. I mean, did you know? Did you see anything like this coming? And, and what's your take on it? No, I didn't. Of course not. Um, but what
3: I think it clearly does show is just how much Liverpool got in the heads of those Manchester City players. Mm-hmm. They were clearly like, when no matter how much Guardiola said that they wasn't bothered, they were, they were clearly extremely bothered. And I just think there is absolutely no way that if Liverpool had won the Premier League, they had been going anywhere singing any songs about Manchester City at all. And I just think it's a clear, a clear representation of where Liverpool are and how much they, you know, City believe that they might not have won the Premier League ahead of Liverpool. Um, you know, I think a lot of people miss the point in the incident, you know, when fans sing it, okay, it's not okay, but they sing it and it happens in the stands all the time from clubs all over the world. But when players sing it, they are held as these upstanding members of the community and people, these kids should look up to and they do charity work and all things like that. And when they come out with songs and singing like that, no matter what they try and say, it's about, you know, talking about any fan getting battered from a player is absolutely ridiculous. It's, yeah, it's just a whole very sorry incident, to be honest.
0: Mm. Like Conor said there, you know, you hear a lot of chants on the terraces. you go to a lot of games, you've been to a lot of grounds. And some songs scare the edge of acceptability. And, you know, there are unsavoury things that are, that are heard of football matches. But does this, does this take it to a new level, the fact that it's representatives of the club who are, who are coming out with it?
2: I think the first time that I saw it, I just thought, well, this can't be real. I just, yeah. was, I just thought it well I just thought it wasn't it wasn 't real because this, my second thought was, why would they be so stupid? I think, and I think then you have to look at it from i 'm not looking for excuses for manchester city 's players, but it 's obvious I think that they generally didn't know what they were singing about it wasn 't all of the players I mean we weren't obviously we weren 't there and we'd only seen why somebody was videoing it as well, yeah. and how that came out there's so many questions about this it 's like from a journalistic point of view it's like well wh- why has somebody done this and put it out when it's obviously so damaging to Manchester City, and it must have been somebody from the club who's who's videoed it in the first place. It would so go it's to like, a WhatsApp, exactly, yeah, So it's the it comes out in the end. These things they, often, they don't always do, but they often tend to. And then it's like, so why have they done it? You could excuse them for that, but the thing that made it worse, the thing that made it worse is If there was ignorance about it all, you know, it wasn't great. Mm. They shouldn't be seeing stuff like that. They probably got caught up in the moment Then maybe one or two started it and then they've joined in. Maybe you see they've joined at the chorus or whatever. Have you? This is not looking for excuses for Manchester City, but then there's no excuse for the statement that comes yeah. out afterwards. The statement made it 10 times worse. Yeah. The statement just smacked of an arrogance that unfortunately that is being shown off the pitch a little bit by Manchester City, not on the pitch, because as you mentioned, you know, the, the title race was so tight and it was two teams winning all the way. There was none of that mind games stuff that we've heard in the past. There was no little barbs at each other. There was a healthy respect between two clubs because they both realised that they're both very good teams and this was something that they're going to have to, we've said many times, a championship that's going to have to be won rather than one that was going to be lost. And that's that's how it turned out. But off the pitch, you've seen the way that they've reacted to the the whole financial fair play and they've come out very aggressively. And it seems to be that's the... The default response to anything that's you know negative towards the club, it's right. We'll go on the we'll go on the offensive and we'll do this. And they've done that with the statement, which was just it was just awful. Mm -hmm. I think the the statement was just again that was even more like what on earth were they thinking there? Guardiola today has been obviously put on a massive spot there because he's been asked he's been asked about that. He's like, what else can he say? You know, and he probably is. He's probably, you know, he believes that he says, well, we didn't mean to offend anybody. We were just trying to celebrate winning a title. And I don't even know whether he was involved in the chance or not. You can't tell on there, can you? No. Yeah, I would imagine he wouldn't be if, if, if we're being honest. Um, so he's been put out there to like represent the club. And he said, like, but we definitely didn't mean it about Sean Cox, and about the, the Hillsborough, mm. tr- Hillsborough tragedy, which if we're being perfectly honest here, they probably didn't they probably didn't think of it along those lines. But then, as Ghosty said, well, hang on, they're singing about people being battered in the streets. Mm. Is it, oh, the the statement left it open to, so was it okay for just generally people being battered in the yeah, streets? Yeah, is, okay? is that okay not. then? Yeah. yeah, it's like, And he said, this is a song that's been sung all season. What they should have said was, this is a song that's been sung by the fans all season. Because mm. then they kind of suggested, so what, the players have been singing it all yeah. season? I don't, I don't think that's true. So the, the statement was just all over the place, which made it worse. But ultimately, it comes down to the fact that The players got a bit carried away. You know, they won the league. They probably had one or two drinks, I would suspect. There's one or two people on the plane who've started doing the singing. They've heard the song Mm. and they've gone, let's just copy this because you can see most of them just joining the chorus, which, as Gorsi said, you know, Liverpool did lose. So there's nothing wrong with that in that respect. Mm. But then for the club, the the club have portrayed themselves so badly and they've handled it so badly that... Manchester City won the league with 98 points yeah. and beat the team that got the most points ever in history for a team that didn't in, in Europe that didn't win the league. And everybody's talking about this chance when they should be talking about Manchester City and how great, great a team they are. Mm. So they've scored a massive own goal and it's, and it's their own fault.
0: Mm. Uh, absolutely. Hopefully it is something that you know, can, can be left there and, and, and moved on from when, when next season comes around and, and what is a great, developing into a great rivalry can continue. Um, on to more positive matters, Doily, uh, and staying with you. You wrote a story this week about uh, Liverpool's valuation reaching a new landmark high. I believe it, that's it. The club were valued at more than 1 million. Well, not 1 million. 1 million. That's not, that is, that is, that is back It is off 1975. For the Reds. <laughs> <laughs> 1 billion, indeed, um, in a new report. So, what, what does that say about the Reds on and off the pitch? Uh, right.
2: Well, first things. that Obviously, things are going pretty well on and off the pitch. You don't get valued that highly if you're not winning games. I think Tottenham were the Liverpool six or fifth? I can't remember now. Six, it. I think. Six. So yeah. Tottenham were the team that was directly underneath them. Yeah. Obviously, this was a, a, an independent brand valuation company who were looking for a bit of PR for themselves. But the, the, the way that they've done the report, to be fair, it, it's very in depth. So it's not as if you're just throwing this out to say like, oh look, we've just thought of this. They've they've gone into it in some some detail with you know the success off the pitch, uh, how important the see, the... see the thing about the stadiums, by the way, I didn't I didn't make a point of that. They, exactly. They've got... They also made a list of the top 10 stadiums in terms of... I can't remember the experience or brand experience or whatever, or most valuable in terms of the amount of people they get in there, how much they pay and this, that and the other. And, and Anfield wasn't even there, but Tottenham's new ground was, even though they've had about five games there. So it was interesting that Tottenham's new stadium has already been seen to be this very important mm. thing for them. And they, they also compared it to Arsenal State. But going back to the initial question, I think, well, just Liverpool did FSG or New England Sports Ventures as they were. Then was it £270 million? Less than £300 million, wasn't it? Yeah. That, they, that they bought it for. And that was, what, less than nine years ago. Yeah. And now the club is valued at three times that. That suggests that they're at doing least, something right. At the least, four yeah, times yeah, that. Yeah. 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 So that suggests that they're doing something right. They obviously appointed Jurgen Klopp, they appointed Michael Edwards, they. Gave them the money. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They they, they did all of this to then get the club into this position. So you'd have to say it reflects well on them, Mm. reflects well on the club. And it's also an an example of Liverpool have now become this... We always knew that Liverpool were a global brand. We've known that for years. You know, they've got fans all over the world. But now this has actually been backed up by actual hard financial evidence and not just, you know, hearsay and stories of like, oh, Liverpool have got a lot of fans in Australia or whatever, have Mm. you? It's like... They're actually spending money and they're improving the, the profile and, and the brand and, and, you know, whether we like it or not, football is a business now. It's about money. Liverpool, you know, there's only five other clubs in the entire world who are valued more, more than them. So, you know, it, and who is it? It's, it's Real Madrid, Barcelona, United. City are one of them, yeah. which is interesting. I think a lot of their value comes from, well, we could have a completely different <laughs> pot on that. Um, but Liverpool's has been a little bit more, organically grown but it's also it's an example of the heritage and if you get things right at Liverpool it's an example of that if you get it right it's all there for you. Mm.
0: Were you surprised by this Gorsley by this you know this this new landmark valuation or given what Doily says about FSG and their work on and off the pitch I think it's just a testament to that?
1: Yeah I don't think I was surprised I think you see all these these dizzying numbers coming at your left and right and you have to stop and take a look and figure out Where's coming what money's coming from where? But I wouldn't say I'm surprised. I think, as Dooley says, um, the amount of work that the likes of FSG and, and Jürgen Klopp and Michael Edwards and, and Billy Hogan have done off the pitch has, has been remarkable um since they've all been in their jobs. You think you look at the amount of sponsorship partners that they've got now, it's you know, hmm. Subway, Dunkin' Donuts, are always on the telly with all these Nivea adverts and just things like that just serve to obviously bring income in from, from advertising and stuff, but just serve to extend the brand, don't they, as they call it, around the world and all these money spinning tours that they do every summer, um, Lapool have got fans in every corner of the globe, haven't they? And you think of the amount of money that's that's getting spent and put through the, the tills when the pool are in South Carolina or Indonesia or Melbourne or whatever it may be, um, they're turning out in the hundreds of thousands. to watch the pool on um Champions League money, back to back finals, all that that's coming in. Um Second place finishes in the Premier League, so it doesn't really surprise me that people have established themselves now on the pitches. You know, one of the best teams in Europe, and certainly one of the best run clubs in the world.
0: Offer. Mm. We've already kind of touched upon the profile of the squad, Connor, and you know that the, a lot of young players, a lot of great talents, a lot of long term contracts, and they you know it looks like if if Klopp sticks around for a while, it's 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 a kind of reasonably long term thing, and the Reds can be competing. But does it feel like the club as a whole is is kind of set up well for the long term? Yeah,
3: massively. It's just obviously such on what Gorsi and Doyle have already said. It's just like the progression Liverpool have made from where... So when the shirt sponsors, you could get a a sponsor on your on your sleeve, and teams are allowed to do that. I think we were one of the first clubs in the Premier League to do that we had West union pretty much straight away we've had sponsors like for the lawnmowers and things like that in Liverpool <laughs> yeah. this year and <laughs> that's just something you haven't really seen from Liverpool at all um but yeah, this backroom staff and or front room staff even that they've got in have just done such good work and that has obviously helped the, the club progress but then you know the setup the environment the, the youth coming through it's just it's just clearly a, a wonderful position to be in and, and as the players have all said. As the manager says, as everybody connected with the club is saying, it's, it's only going to get better and it's only going to get stronger from here. Hmm.
0: Absolutely. Um, right, just to, just to round off the pod, we've we've dealt with incomings in the transfer window, um, but our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce, wrote a piece this week. Um, <laughs> I thought we were going to, <laughs> we <were gonna laughs> yeah. oh, to get to, but without mentioning <laughs> it. Um, he to He wrote a piece this week about how potentially if, you know, <coughs> All of Liverpool's kind of outgoings were, were maximised in their value. The Reds could potentially bring in £100 million, uh, through player sales. I've just picked out five names that i um, will we'll go around the room and just say, how, how do you see this summer uh, shaping up for these guys? So we'll start with, I suppose, the one who, if, if he was to go uh, with the cameos he's had and the, the, the performances he's put in this season, could potentially raise the most money. Origi, um, Divock Origi. Do you, do you see him sticking around this summer? He's staying staying, yep. unequivocal? Yep. Yeah? Yep. Right, well, that's right. <laughs> uh, Do you agree, gents?
3: I think it will massively depend on David Origi himself, because if he wants no. to go and play more football, and he's obviously shown that you know he gets a little run of form, he's he's massively a form player, as we've seen so many times. If you know, he wants to play more football, which I don't see why he wouldn't at the age years, he's got the talent to do it, and I think there'll be a few offers for him if Liverpool put him up for sale and he doesn't sign a new contract so I think it's all going to come down to Origi himself and what he wants to do obviously um, I think he might be tempted to go elsewhere for first team football and regular time on the pitch
1: uh, James reported last summer that people were looking for close to around £30 million for him and that was before he'd kind of got, his, got himself back out there as, as this scorer of, of important goals so yeah I agree with Connor. If, if he fancies first team football he might have a few suitors across Europe this summer but I'd like to see him stay, just because he's an option, isn't he? Um, he's shown that when Liverpool have needed him, he can come in and he can grab a goal or two here and there. But just to stick around, just for the, just for the Barcelona memories. Yeah, I think Absolutely.
2: Liverpool will keep him unless somebody offers a ridiculous amount of money. Because if you look at what happened with Emre Can, they see better value in keeping a player around for the last 12 months rather than selling him for a slightly reduced amount. Because that's yeah. another thing, because he's in his, mm-hmm. getting towards his last 12 months, Liverpool might do well to get the money that they were offered last year and so I think he'll stay need,
1: he'd need replacing as well wouldn't he which yeah. is another yeah. issue where they're already believed to be looking at someone of that ilk
0: mm. mm. uh, player number two Dory will start with you again Uh Grujic. oh uh
2: yeah, um, I, think, I, think, yeah. I think I think he's always a fan favourite because they never see him play so that's <laughs> how these things work like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he will go if they get a really good offer for him yeah although I'd be tempted to keep him for six months yeah to be honest I think that it's, it might be worth his while just to stick around and see what happens because he offers a bit more than uh, something a bit different He's like more Fabinho than, than Henderson and Milner and uh, Wijnaldum and Alana and Shaqiri there's a lot of midfielders
0: yeah Guess, I'll say
2: guess, Chamberlain as well missed him yeah.
0: that's his problem Connor, isn't it you know would he it, it, even if he stays even if he has a good summer like Gorsi's alluded to which he has done previously and he's, he's looked good in pre-season would he, would he get a game even with the other competitions
3: yeah that's it I don't know if people have been in his ear in the Bundesliga because you know he's playing for her for this season and they've made so many noises their sporting directors have come out their managers have come out and sort of said he's like the greatest thing since sliced bread basically um, and you know there's also apparently offers from a Frankfurt who could um finishing the Champions League places in the Bundesliga this season and I mean if he's going there with a prospect of being a really hot young talent in the Bundesliga mm. he's seen other youngsters come through in the Bundesliga we all know about like Sancho and people like that and you know they they rate they rate young players and you know if he's going to get some regular Champions League time and regular game time playing in a really strong Bundesliga outfit
1: then why wouldn't he go
0: mm. of course did you share that view? <clears throat> I'm
1: not sure to be honest <clears throat> He um, he's made 14 Liverpool appearances he made that for Cardiff when he was on loan there he was here in Klopp's first signing in January 2016, and was still waiting for him to, to get anywhere near the first team. So, I'm not sure if Liverpool can get a decent offer for him. Then I think he might be one leaving, particularly because he plays in a an area as we've said that's so congested. Um, Liverpool have got so many midfielders, and I don't know that they often rotate. But I think if a, if an offer upwards of 20 million comes, then it, he'll be on the move.
0: Mm. We'll go two for the price of one here, Doily, just because they're perhaps similar profile players and you know young attacking talents who as we've said it might be a position that Liverpool are looking to strengthen in the summer but Harry Wilson Ryan Kent um, do you see either of them being in the Liverpool squad come August?
2: Ryan Kent no Harry Wilson maybe mm-hmm. for the exact same reasons we just mentioned about Griwich
3: right
0: yeah. <laughs> Fair play. Uh, Connor either of them getting a look in in the summer do you think
3: well Rangers have said they want to keep Ryan Kent and to be honest why wouldn't Liverpool let him do another season on loan at least just to you know keep his development going and see where he is next year I don't think they need to do anything really rash with him um Harry Wilson, I think, is an interesting prospect. He's obviously shown himself up to be pretty good in the championship. He's, he could be coming up to the premiership anyway with Derby. Um, again, it depends if they could do another, another loan for him um, with a premiership club, a slightly lower league premiership and continue to develop a little bit more. Premier League, not premiership. Well, of course, a premiership blogger, so... <laughs> <laughs>
0: well he needs to get it's his job changed. style <laughs> changed <laughs> um, I go Steve, those two I mean as as Connor said they, they've proved themselves at a lower level than the Premier League Premiership but um, can <laughs> Premier they, League can, they, uh, can
1: I just step up um, step up to the Premier League it has been known uh, for about 12 years now. Its, enti- it's called
2: the Premier League isn't it
1: um, Kent doesn't sound like Kent's interested in another long movie he made some Comments a couple of weeks back where he was just getting a bit disillusioned with it all. Mm. But I don't think Rangers have got the money that Liverpool want for him, so that'll be an interesting one this summer. Wilson got more of a chance, I think. Um preseason might be massive for him if he returns from Derby. The type of player that Liverpool are looking for now, I'm not sure whether he's at that level. I think he could be a very good Premier League player, a little bit further down the league. But at Liverpool I'm not sure. But I'm uh, hopefully he gets a preseason uh chance to, to prove me wrong. Hmm.
0: And the last name on my list is Nathaniel Klein,
2: Ian Doyle. Hmm. Uh, yeah, he's got to go, hasn't he? If he, if he? I don't think he'll be sticking around. I think he had that very good game against Manchester United, but he's hardly played for two years for Liverpool. Hmm. So I think for his own good, he'll, he'll want to move on, but he's only got one year left on his contract, similar to Rigi. So I don't think don't imagine Liverpool get a lot of money for him. And I can't really see why they'd then let him go on loan for another season because at the end of that, then he'd, he'd be finished anyway. So... I'd be amazed if he's still at Liverpool at the start
3: of next season. Mm.
0: Do you share that view, Connor? I mean, it, he's obviously plays in the position we've talked about Liverpool potentially needing backup in, but is he not the man? Oh, I think Dolly's spot
3: on there, to be honest. You've got Gomez, you've got Alexander-Arnold, who are two excellent young talents, and I just don't see Klein being at Liverpool if they can get some money
0: for him. Mm. Ghosty, the number two shirt, is it going to be free in the summer?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, as Dolly says about us, Contact the and Dan. It's it's now or never for Liverpool to get some sort of money back for them that they paid for them. What was it four years ago? Hmm.
0: Right then. Well, I think we've made the Reds a few quid there, flogging flogging most of them. Uh, so we'll leave it there. <laughs> um, that has been your Blood Red Podcast. We'll be back on Monday. And thank you for listening.
3: You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.